You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the June 2017 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the bootcamp news that we talked about in the Course Report office this June. Yay! So before we dive in, we mentioned Dev Bootcamp's fifth birthday in May, so we should mention that Flatiron School celebrated their fifth birthday in June. Happy birthday! Yay! Happy birthday! Yeah, they hosted a little party at their classroom in New York, and I got to moderate a panel. We all got to go. The panel had all their founders and their COO on it. Um, We should have a video from that, and we'll share it with you if you're curious about the future of Flatiron School. Yeah, you did a really great job moderating that panel, Liz. It was I awesome. Agree. Yes, it was well, really the good. audience had very good questions too. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, what developments have we seen in the industry this month at Course Report, guys? Well, the conversation about boot camps for coal miners carries on. Um, TV personalities John Oliver and Megan Kelly both talked about one boot camp in particular this week. Two boot camps got significant investments in June, so we'll tell you about which ones those were. A number of local newspapers wrote about the impact that boot camps are having at a local level. We'll talk about those. We were excited to see more initiatives to support women and girls in tech, as well as hear how coding is reintegrating refugees. And plus, there are a few great scholarship opportunities announced in June. And we will tell you about all of the new boot camps, courses, campuses, everything that's launched recently will get you up to date. So first up, as we said, we saw some boot camp coverage in mainstream news media, which was exciting. Um, Liz, tell us about what John Oliver and Megan Kelly said about boot camps in June. Yeah, so they both did segments on a coding boot camp called BitSource in Kentucky this week. I have to admit this was my first time watching a Megan Kelly clip, but I do watch John Oliver pretty closely, so I was pretty psyched on Sunday to hear him talk about BitSource as a small part of a possible plan for the futures of miners as this industry kind of continues to decline. Yeah, I was so happy to hear this when I was watching John Oliver, because right before he mentioned BitSource and he was talking about all the coal miners out of work, I was like, why don't they just learn to code? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, not to get too political, but... The Bureau of Labor Statistics says that only 1,300 new jobs were created by coal this last year, but coal mines are still super, you know, they're central to communities that are centered around them, and Eastern Kentucky is a really good example of one of those communities. So John Oliver talks about that, and then on the Megan Kelly show, Jacob Soboroff visits Eastern Kentucky and digs in a little bit deeper. He talks to Rusty Justice, I think we've talked about him before, who is retraining coal miners to be computer programmers. He says that the technicians and skilled workers who were mining, they were doing really super complex work. So it makes sense to retrain into technical roles. Um, And when they started advertising for BitSource, they got 950 applicants for 11 openings. That is insane. It shows the need for sure. Yeah, it shows that miners are actually really into this idea of retraining. Yeah, for sure. One interesting thing that Rusty pointed out is that it's not just tech skills that BitSource discovered that they needed to teach. I think everybody 
everybody faces that, you know, imposter syndrome when they switch careers, especially into tech. But in this, in these two pieces, they highlight that it's especially true for coal miners. Um, take a listen. Not everybody shared Michael's confidence. On the first day of business, one of the new hires didn't show up. I called. He said, man, I'm just a dumb old coal miner. I can't do that. And so we immediately realized that uh, we had to do more than just give them skills. We had to reimagine ourselves. And so we started what we called our reimagination training as part of our skills development. I mean, we just talked about how we thought about ourselves. What are all these different colors and what's happening here? Actually, what you're looking at is, uh, is PHP. Um, that's, a, that's a coding language. It's a coding language. Uh, Garland Couch is one of the BitSource coders now building sophisticated websites and apps. So even if the Trump administration can't seem to detach themselves from coal, they did seem to move in the right direction on apprenticeships this month. Imogen, tell us about that. Yeah, so I was reading an article in the American Enterprise Institute website, and that begins by talking about how Trump recently signed an executive order to double funding going into apprenticeship programs. Mm. The article talks about how many colleges may not equip students with the skills required for career success and why apprenticeships could actually help people get into jobs. Um, the article also discusses coding boot camps, their high salaries and placement rates, and compares those to apprenticeships. Didn't you write an article about coding bootcamp apprenticeships last year? Yeah, that's right. There are a number of coding bootcamps that offer apprenticeships. That wasn't mentioned in this article. But coding bootcamps such as Actualize, Reverture, Holburton, and Zipcode um, either offer apprenticeships in-house or place students in apprenticeships. Cool. Very interesting. So IDG contributor Catherine Cave looks at the debate between degrees versus coding boot camps to see which one is best if you want to get a job as a developer. She talks to experts, including employers, who say that degrees and boot camps are actually very different with different goals. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So what did employers actually have to say about boot camps? So John Wright, a recruiting manager at Scott Logic, believes and he quotes, there is a place for both and for any company hiring software engineers. The most important thing is finding the right mutual fit. So basically the general consensus was computer science degrees give you a breadth of in-depth knowledge while boot camps give you practical skill-based knowledge so that you can hit the ground running. Cool. Yeah, that debate will rage on, I'm sure. <laughs> rage on forever. <laughs> so in outcomes news, the Chronicle of Higher Education published an article just yesterday about a new model for quality assurance standards. This was led by Entangled Solutions. We're going to continue discussing this as more info is actually released, but they are focusing on five main areas, completion rates, student learning, stakeholder satisfaction, job placement rates, and earnings of students. So pretty much the areas that we would expect. Um, this standard is not necessarily only for coding boot camps. Instead, it's for all higher education providers, including accredited and non-accredited institutions. Um, so oh. interesting news there. Yeah, that's really interesting. And have any boot camps actually signed on yet? So they don't say that any schools have committed to actually releasing data under these standards, and that will be crucial to the success of these standards. But several stakeholders were involved from boot camps, uh, one from General Assembly, Flatiron School, Hack Reactor, Galvanize, um, even the CIRR folks were on the board. 
Yeah, I'll look forward to seeing an actual rubric for schools to really report data within the framework in the future. But for now, I will say that one thing I really liked is the emphasis on auditing. Um, they say that third-party auditors should conduct full annual audits of any program with at least $5 million in revenue. And remember that an audit is much more rigorous than a review. I think that's really important going forward. We'll post a link to the full framework um, in this blog post, and comments are open and until July 31st. So if you have any feedback, I'm sure Entangled Solutions would love to hear it. Definitely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So Dev Bootcamp's chief academic officer did a guest post in Fortune about the three signs that show that you could be in the wrong career and that it may be time for your next job. And he also shares reasons why coding is a great career change. What were those three reasons? So number one, if you're not growing your knowledge base, if you're Mm -hmm. no longer learning, it's time to move on. Number two, if you want to do something that you believe is more important and you feel like you're uninspired in your role and the mission of the organization, it's time to find a new role. And then number three, if you're experiencing career stagnation. So you should always be experiencing three career drivers in any role, knowledge, expertise, leadership, and results. If you're not growing, it's time to move on. And maybe into coding. Yes, definitely. Um, so next, uh, we heard about a few boot camps who have raised substantial amounts of funds to further their missions. So Liz, tell us about Trilogy Education. Sure. Okay, so Trilogy Education raised $30 million in a Series A funding led by Highland Capital Partners. Others on that uh, fundraise were Rethink Education and City Light Capital. Can you remind everyone of the few trilogy schools that are out there? Yeah, definitely. So they started with Rutgers Coding Bootcamp, but now they have over 20 boot camps in collaboration with universities. Other examples are like University of Texas and Berkeley. Um, they have a ton. Oh, wow. So what are they going to do with the $30 million? Well, their CEO says that they are growing into new subject areas like user experience and design. That will be very interesting. And then in addition to the $30 million, their CEO, Dan Summer, revealed a little bit about their business model, which is always intriguing. Trilogy has 250 employees. Most of those are coaches, either career coaches or um, like instructors. And then their customer is the university. So Trilogy is setting up courses. They're vetting instructors, implementing curriculum, recruiting students, and then universities are paying Trilogy to get programs up and running, Mm -hmm. um, all with that university oversight. So it's nice to have a high-level look at Trilogy, but another article in Inside UNC Charlotte profiled a number of students who are actually at the UNC Charlotte boot camp about their plans for the future. So they attended a hiring day. They talked to recruiters and students. And the one thing I took away is that it sounds like having a university backing was important to everyone involved. One of the recruiters said that it was really important as he was hiring. And then one of the graduates, Matthew White, said that he was sold on UNC boot camp because it's associated with the university. It's so funny because so many non-university boot camps release job placement data and they have these super successful graduates. But for some students, being associated with the university is still just like so crucial to their decision. Yeah, that's really interesting. And that's interesting you're talking about universities as well, because another organization that just had a big fundraiser is Coursera, which offers a lot of online university courses. And I know they are not a, uni- they're not a coding boot camp, yeah. but they just raised $64 million in Series D funding, which is... It's amazing. So many people do Coursera to like get ready for a boot camp too. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of money going into these alternative education situations right now. 
Yeah, and Minerva's online coding school is actually raising money currently via Kickstarter to fund online data science courses at Minerva's Data Lab. So check that out. Yeah. As we look through our Google News alerts every month, I think it's really neat to see how specific cities and communities are seeing the impact of coding boot camps on a local level. So this month, there were a few local newspapers that highlighted those. In the New Haven Register, Kevin Conlon makes the argument for boot camps in emerging tech cities like New Haven. So if you all remember, New Haven is home to one partnership between the University of New Haven and Galvanize. So they are no stranger to boot camps, but they don't have a ton of them. And Conlon is looking more broadly at the need for developers in Connecticut in healthcare and finance, which are both huge industries in Connecticut, and how boot camps are preparing students for those employer needs. So he points to comparable cities like Nashville, Portland, Denver, and how boot camps are helping those regions, economies prosper by keeping tech jobs and tech talent local. Awesome. Yeah. And then a similar thing is, is happening in Montana as well. Um, I read an article in the local Montana newspaper, The Missoulian, um, where a Montana tech investor explained how code schools are a great way to get people who want to change career paths into, a new, into new entrepreneurial activities, which would benefit the state as a whole. And the overall point that this tech investor was making was that Technology business leaders should encourage small-time entrepreneurs who want to make an extra thousand bucks a month on the side rather than waiting for the next Google-type company to pop up in Montana. Yeah, that's a really good point. This one is outside of the U.S., but Lauren, what impact are boot camps having in Zimbabwe? TechZim had a fascinating piece about a young Zimbabwean man who learned to code in the USA and then founded ZimCode, which is an organization in Zimbabwe teaching young people how to code in 12 weeks. So it was cool to read about it because he earned a full scholarship to attend Wesleyan University in Connecticut and then became a computer science major. And when he fell in love with coding, he asked himself, if I love code so much, why did I have to wait 19 years of my life and a trip across the Atlantic to finally learn it? So he took it upon himself to start ZimCode. So cool. That's such initiative. <laughs> right. I feel like that could really develop into a full-fledged boot camp one day, too. Yeah. So Forbes did an interview with co-founder of Coding Nomads, Kim Desmond, about why she and her husband launched a company to teach coding boot camps around the world. They call this learning to code on vacation because they host these in Bali and Thailand. But I do think it's still important to realize that in order to get an actual job after a boot camp, you can't really treat it like vacation. You need to like treat it like a full-time job, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel like that would be really hard to <laughs> do and be tough to separate vacation. Yeah, from... you just want to be in the pool all the whole time. <laughs> well, hopefully, people can tear themselves away to. Well, they get a waterproof laptop. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> so, Imogen, let's circle back to New York. How is Queens benefiting from boot camps? Yes. So in June, Fast Company profiled a number of diverse students who are learning to code at C4Q, which is a coding boot camp in Queens. C4Q founder Juke Su says that the school helps, quote, move adults from poverty to middle class by teaching them to code. And on average, their students go from learning $18,000 per year before the program to $85,000 afterwards, which is pretty amazing. There was that Quartz article about C4Q this month too, right? But like, how are they able to actually make the bootcamp accessible to people who can't afford that $15,000 tuition? So the Queen's Bootcamp uses a deferred tuition model where students pay nothing up front and Mm. then they pay 12% 
20% of their salary for two years after graduation, which is a great way to help people get in there who can't afford to pay tuition up front. Totally. Yeah. And that deferred tuition model is becoming so popular. Um, there was an article in Student Loan Hero this month about deferred tuition schools and what to keep in mind as you're planning your expenses, because there still will be expenses, even if you're doing deferred tuition. But I love that C4Q is using deferred tuition to focus specifically on accessibility. So important. Yeah, I think it's a great initiative. And so keeping on that theme of, you know, helping people from my more diverse backgrounds get into coding, we have a number of diversity initiatives to discuss. So the first one I wanted to talk about is the WeWork Creator Awards. We don't usually cover news about children's boot camps, but we were excited to hear about this one because an all-girls coding boot camp won $72,000 in the WeWork Creator Awards. Yay, um, go WeWork. We're yeah. in a WeWork, so I feel like maybe we contributed to that. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Our rent is going towards something exactly. worthwhile. Very worthwhile. Yeah. So the, the organization that won this money is Brave Initiatives. Mm. They are a Chicago-based nonprofit which run coding boot camps for high school girls and they also then sponsor successful students to go through full 12-week boot camps after they graduate from high school. So great initiative. Ooh, go brave initiatives. So the incline highlighted Kehlani Cook, a former high school teacher who learned to code at Academy Pittsburgh and now teaches at a high school coding boot camp for girls and minority students. And she also announced that she's launching Black Tech Nation, which focuses on community, partnerships, and policy to increase the number of minorities in the tech sector. She's starting with Pittsburgh first, and then she's looking to expand the community nationally. So, incredible. Yeah, Yeah, that's so cool. She's a boot camp grad. Go Kehlani, yeah. And then the New York Times did profiles of a few students at Holberton School, and I won't go into all of their stories, but it's definitely worth a read, so you should pick up a copy or click the link in the blog post. Um, Holberton is getting a lot of attention because they just raised a $4 million round. I think Neo was a part of that round, so it's nice publicity. And they've been really open about how they get diverse applicants through their application process by making it a blind application process. And from that piece, it seems like it's actually working, so... Go Holberton. Yeah, that's awesome. And talking about diversity, TechCrunch profiled a coding bootcamp graduate, Asia Juma, who graduated from Lebanon's SE factory coding bootcamp a couple of years ago. And she's now a web developer at a Beirut company called Pixel 38. And I mean, that article was interesting just because it talked about her and what she's up to, but it also looked at what the Beirut tech community is doing to get more women in tech and how they have a new tech hub there of, th- of 1,300 workers, which now has 55% women employees. Oh, jeez. Wow. I mean, just like comparing that to US tech, that is so impressive. Yeah. I wonder what actually amazing. drives those numbers. Yeah, so the article kind of hypothesizes that the reason that they have so many women is that these local women in Beirut are just so resilient and determined to to get ahead and do well in their careers. And so there are a lot of female-led startups and there's there is also good high-quality universities and education in Beirut. So, wow, so wonderful. And the memo profiled the founder of Code Your Future, which is a British nonprofit coding school for refugees. He saw that newly arrived refugees often can't easily find work, as we've all heard, despite having a lot of experience and degrees. And then a CNBC article also interviewed a student at the school. So check out both of those. Great one. And Lauren, did you read another article about refugees learning to code? Yeah, CBC News profiled an Egyptian refugee who 
once he relocated to Canada, he had he was trying to figure out his next career steps based on everything that was going on in his life. He ended up taking a coding class at the University of British Columbia and really benefited from that knowledge. And so now he's actually started a clothing company and he's giving a month of that profit to Recoded, which is a boot camp that focuses on training refugees and displaced youth. So what a really nice way to give back. Yeah, that's lovely. And finally, uh, WPBF profiled TK2 Academy founder Donovan Kirk about why he started the boot camp in Boca Raton. Boca Life magazine looked at how TK2 is putting an emphasis on recruiting female students. And everyone wants to hear about scholarships. So Imogen, what's the first scholarship we want to share? So in the Detroit Free Press, we saw that Facebook is sponsoring 25 free places at Michigan Coding Bootcamp Grand Circus this fall, and that bootcamp usually costs $8,500. Um, the program at Grand Circus will especially include Facebook-specific programming for those students. And Facebook is also sponsoring a free social media marketing bootcamp at Grand Circus as part of the package. Amazing. And then another interesting way that Tech Hire has manifested is in a series of free Tech Hire summer coding boot camps. We read about these in the South Florida Times, and they're going to be six weeks long. They're going to take place in Miami mostly, and then they're also for students who are aged 15 to 22. So a little bit on the younger side, but would be perfect for like a high school graduate or yeah. somebody you know taking a year off between high school and college. We'll put the link to that application in this blog post. And Imogen, are there any updates on the GI Bill? Yes. So according to the Portland Biz Journals, Portland Coding Bootcamp PDX Code Guild now accepts the GI Bill. Yay! Ooh. So there are now a number of bootcamps accepting the GI Bill, including Sabio, Galvanize, and Turing School. That's really great to hear that more schools are accepting the GI Bill. So let's move on to bootcamp updates. Imogen, which bootcamps are opening new campuses? So Dev Mountain is opening a new campus in downtown Phoenix this summer. Dev Mountain also has campuses in Provo and Salt Lake City, Utah, and Dallas, Texas. And then Coding Dojo is opening a campus in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Coding Dojo also has campuses in Silicon Valley, Seattle, LA, Dallas, DC, and Chicago. And in the Straits Times, we heard that Byte Academy is closing its Singapore campus after they said that there were disagreements between an investor and the school's parent company, but they had made a $3 million investment in that expansion, so that's Yikes. pretty insane. And then a new coding boot camp is opening in Cleveland, Blue Ocean Coding, which is a 12-week full-time course covering c .NET, Java, and SQL Server. This news was on Crazen's Cleveland, and it noted that the school plans to offer part-time courses starting in 2018. And a new tech education school with deferred tuition is opening in the Bay Area called Mission U. Honestly, I can't really tell if this is going to look like exactly like a boot camp, if it's going to look like 42 or Holberton, or maybe like a traditional university or like Minerva. There are so many, so many ways that it could go. But they do have classes focused on data analytics and business intelligence. So we will keep an eye on that and update you next month. And talking about longer boot camps, Southern Careers Institute in Austin, Texas is actually launching a 33-week coding boot camp where students can choose to study either .NET or JavaScript. And then a new 12-week coding boot camp is opening in Sandpoint, Idaho. Um, this 
boot camp is called DevTree Academy and it will have small 10-person classes. The founders had worked in San Francisco and Texas and they wanted to help locals get into good-paying permanent jobs. And Lauren, aside from the schools that we read about this, this month, what were the new schools that we added to the course report directory? So we have Dev Masters in Irvine, California, Cambridge Spark in London, Coder Space in Liverpool, and then Project Shift in Durham, North Carolina. Fantastic. Well, I think that's all for updates. Imogen, what was your favorite piece to write on the blog this month? So I really enjoyed interviewing Courtney Waller, who is a graduate from Thinkful's Flexible Web Development Bootcamp, which is an online bootcamp. She's one of those people who had been looking for the right career for a long time, and when she came across coding, she just fell in love with it. She was very honest about the challenges she faced and gave some great advice for other students. Her background was in teaching and counseling, which she ended up proving really useful as a coder because she is now on her second developer role working in the edtech space. Yeah, I love that Courtney was really upfront about this being like an actually difficult career change too, right? We hear these like zero to 60 super easy career change stories all the time, but that's important. My favorite piece was with uh, Jaren Nomer, who was in tech recruiting and now runs career services at Fullstack Academy. And she talked a lot about the mistakes that were made by coding boot campers that she interviewed as a recruiter and how to correct for those. So I think this would be useful to anybody going to a boot camp or just like interviewing for a tech role. And as I was talking to her, I was just like, wow, Fullstack students are really lucky to have such a blunt and straightforward advocate like this during their job search. She was awesome. Lauren, what was your favorite piece? I really enjoyed speaking with Shane. He was an alumni from the Iron Yard. He was actually in finance at PwC, which is a top advisory firm, realized that finance was not fitting his personality as well as like his career goals. He ended up wanting to dabble in graphic design and then decided that coding was the right next step for him. He actually studied at the Iron Yard South Carolina campus and their Atlanta campus, and now he works in Nashville. And the interesting part about our conversation was that I found out that he graduated 2.5 years ago. And so he gave us a rundown of his career trajectory since the boot camp. He's created his own music app. He's worked for a music app company, and he now leads a mobile dev team at Bridgestone. So definitely check that piece out because it really shows you the what career you can do. trajectory over right. like three years. Yeah, that's right. awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you listening and we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com if you have any feedback. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. And we will see you next time on the Course Report podcast.